Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Mini, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I'm your host, Ben Magnet, and today on the show, I have not one, but two guests here to talk to me about the well, whatever we're talking about. You've read the title, you probably know what we're talking about. But the first gentleman I'm going to introduce is brand new to being here on Basement Arcade Pause Menu. He is one third of an amazing podcast, Gamers Week podcast. Definitely go check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Donnie G Retro. Donnie, hello, sir. How are you today? Hello, Ben. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing awesome. I'm so glad to have you on. I'm so glad we were able to do this. I know um, when we were trying to talk, a bunch of schedules just got, you know, scheduling sucks sometimes. Right. It does. It does. Trying to take into account what everybody's got going on and everything. So I, I, I understand. But, but you know what? When it works out, it works out beautifully and it feels so good. Sir, I'm it's just magic. happy that I am just happy you're here. Let's bring our third, our uh, other guest on, shall we? Sure. Well, he is uh, he is no stranger to base Marricade pause menu. He is uh, the host of Retro Blast podcast. He is getting another stamp on that. Uh, he's getting another stamp on that card of being a guest here on base Marricade pause menu. Welcome back, Patrick Brickhouse. Hello, hello. Once again, you're just you're just making sure I'm gonna make you that sandwich, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting on that. Actually, the free sub. Yeah, yeah, free sub. I've got the card. I've been yeah, the last time I made it myself in Microsoft Paint. Yeah, the last time he was on, I was I made a joke that he needs to like there has to be like a sticker or whatever, like be on a guest on Base Market Pause maybe X many times and I buy you a sandwich. Exactly. Nice. Or makes it from scratch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna send oh. that through the mail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or my personal favorite, just wait until I can actually, you know, visit him IRL and then just go yeah. buy him a sandwich. <laughs> that works. Just not Subway. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Before we get started, um, Patrick, we know all a lot about you. You've been here before, but I want to know a little bit more about Mr. Donnie G over here. Donnie, if you can remember, how exactly did you get into video games? Oh, geez. Uh, that, so my mom left my dad whenever I was younger. Um, my stepdad that she ended up meeting, he had an Atari. He had an Atari 2600. So it was the first time I ever experienced video games. Now I had I had played like um, they, they had the Coleco tabletop stuff back then, like mm-hmm. the, the Pac-Man and the Donkey Kong and the Qbert and all that stuff. I did play on those, but the Atari 2600 was my first foray into the video game realm. And I absolutely loved it. And back in the 80s, I mean, you, you had arcades that you could go to in malls and malls and standalone arcades. And every time we would go to a mall in our area, We'd go through the department store, the JCPenney, the Sears and whatnot, and we get to this main area where it opened up into the actual mall. And I knew that every time we went there, my dad would go to the arcade. So pretty much it was guaranteed that I got to play in the arcade every time we went there. And it was just it's it's something that still holds magical for me to this day. That's awesome. I had to beg my parents to take me to the arcade when I was a kid, <laughs> even if. Yeah. I don't even if there was like we were at a restaurant, they even had like maybe two or three games. I had to beg for quarters. Yeah, me my too. parents were even when we finally got video games in our household, my parents were like, You don't need you don't need to play video games here. You have video games back home. We have uh, we have Vidya at home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't but, need to stop at McDonald's. We got the stuff at home. <laughs> yeah. It's like we have McDonald's at home. McDonald's at home. Potato chips. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. When you first started your story, Donnie, it's like, yeah, so my dad left. It's like, this is the saddest intro to ever. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I, I like, oh. going to pull those heartstrings right off the bat. No, no, no. That's that's your story. But at the same time, I still think that's great that um, you and your I, I, your stepdad or your actual, or your actual dad? It, it was my stepdad. He, step, he passed yeah. away last year, and oh, I dude. hated that man for the longest time. But, um, you know, at least we had video games together. We had video yeah. games. At, at least you had at least you had video games. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, gentlemen, we are brought here today because, as I mentioned earlier, Donnie G Retro over here, he is one third of the Gamers Week podcast. Mm-hmm. And while I was listening to an episode of the Gamers Week podcast, he mentioned a certain game that he absolutely despises, mm-hmm. but his co-hosts absolutely—I would—I don't know if they absolutely adore it, but they definitely throw jabs at him. Right. They they adore it. They, yeah. they totes adorbs with them. And I know exactly which game you're talking about. Exactly. So that gave me the idea of talking because normally here on Base Market Pause Menu, we try to be a little positive. We try to put a more positive spin on games. I mean, we'll be critical. We'll be kind of we'll be negative when it uh you know we'll be negative when it has when we have to be a negative, not negative for negative sake. Right. But today I'm throwing all that out the window, and we are talking about games we just do not like. All three of us. Games we hate. Games we despise to our absolute core. But before we go into that, I do want to preface that if you, the listener, the viewer, whomever, do like the games that we are going to discuss today, this is not a reflection on you as a person. This is just something that we ourselves are not fans of. If you liked said game, okay, that's fine. A lot of people might like that game. Just know that the three of us either do or do not. So, yeah. Yeah, but the first game... Of course, we gotta talk. We gotta bring it up with Mister Donnie G, giant bubble bobble. Why there do you that one? So you even own it. I'm really, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear about the hatred for this one. So I, I don't. I think okay. I can't really remember it. I think because back in the day for the NES, I was more interested in platformers and shooters and stuff like that. Things that go bang, 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 bang instead of yeah shooting bubbles at things and trying to like, <laughs> like I didn't really get bubble bobble. And for the longest time, I didn't get it until like later in life when I can, I can understand it. I can tolerate it. Mm-hmm. My hatred for this game is not as much as I would lead you to believe. I don't despise this game to where I'm like, okay, I bought it. Now I'm going to rip it up. So there's one less copy. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, I, I found this a couple of months ago at a local retro store mm. and I saw it. I'm just like, ah, you know what? It, it is a nice, clean condition copy. I, I might as well just go ahead and buy it. I don't hate it the way everybody thinks that I hate it. I just, I was never good at it as a kid. And that kind of, I was like, yeah, yeah, this game sucks. I'm not interested in it. Whoever plays it, yeah, you're stupid. I don't care for you, whatever. But right. I don't hate it as much as I'm leading you guys on to believe. Okay. So you've made, are you saying you've made some peace with Bubble? <laughs> I am at stage I think maybe seven with Bubble Bobble to where I'm almost at that that stage ten where I can completely forgive Bubble Bobble if it can forgive me. <laughs> you can forgive Bubble Bobble. I wonder <laughs> if, that, if that kind of brings out a you know and at least I think would be an interesting topic here because a lot of what started with games even being discussed on platforms like YouTube was hatred for games. Yeah, that's kind of what started with like the angry video game nerd or angry Nintendo nerd at yep. the time. But that's oh, what he did is he, you know, talked about games that he hated and, and it was part of the shtick. And then a lot of people kind of jumped on that train and it's 
kind of become a popular, you know, thing to to be critical, right, of games and well, to find the flaws absolutely. and things like yeah. that. And one of the things that made me realize, and I'll tell you why, um, a game that I actually uh, had when I was a kid was one of his first episodes, and it was uh, Castlevania Simon's Quest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was the only one I had, and I actually really liked that game a lot. And I watched this video, I was like, oh, maybe it does suck. Right? Like I, I didn't know, but I was like, I wonder if like, there's kind of something there. Like when you're a kid, maybe we kind of forgive things a different way when we're a kid. I don't really know. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't hate that game, but yeah. it's it's like, it's like hating peas or bananas whenever you're a kid. And then later on in life, you're like, oh, okay, I'll try this again. And right. Oh, I can actually tolerate it now. Vice versa. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but there's something interesting to me though, just, just thinking about like how popular it got to just hate games. Right. Well, and I, I can understand the whole Castlevania issue because when you look at Castlevania one versus Castlevania two, mm -hmm. there was a night and day difference. It was an action platformer, oh, yeah. and then the second one, you're like, "What the hell am I doing? I'm going around mm -hmm. just talking to people all the time." Eh. Very bizarre. Very very yeah. weird change. And that was one of those uh, Nintendo Power games. You really couldn't beat it without a Nintendo Power, right? Um, legitimately, unless someone told you. Yeah. Did you... the developers actually say that some of the NPCs outright lie to you in Castlevania yeah. two? Yeah, oh, God. There's, there, there are things that in that game, and I can understand why kids would have hated. Like we had a subscription to Nintendo Power, so I very well may have hated Simon's Quest if I had not had a Nintendo Power, <laughs> because you wouldn't have known where to go and squat for a certain number of seconds with an item equipped to get a tornado to take you to another stage. You never right. know; it doesn't tell you anything. No. So things like that, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's uh, it is interesting to talk about this stuff because. I, I it actually was really difficult for me to think about games that I hated. Yeah, and yeah. to to go on your to to um, extrapolate on your point a little bit more, Patrick. Mm -hmm. You the second you said about like Angry Video Game Nerd and a bunch of other YouTubers who thrive on trashing games, it reminds me of that famous quote from Ratatouille, the Disney Pixar film. <laughs> oh yeah, where Egon says that negative criticism is fun to write as it is to read, and mm -hmm. he's a hundred percent correct on that. Yeah. If you were to look at, say, um, the completionist, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, the completionist, yeah, he every year he has two videos, um, the best of the year and the worst of the year, like ten, mm -hmm. top ten best games, top ten worst games. Every and he's been doing this for a few years, but if you look back at his video catalog and you write down the numbers, his top ten worst games always have, or those videos of the top ten worst have more views than the top ten best. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And it always strikes me as it always strikes me as like I, cause I'm a type of person's like, I want to know what the best games are. What are the games that I missed? And what are the games that I should have played? Or did I play these games? Right. Whereas why am I go out and waste money on the top 10 worst games when I don't want to, I mean, if they're the bad games, I don't want to play the bad games, mm -hmm. but then you might have bought a game that you think, Hey, this game is pretty good. You know, it may not have be not may not be the best game of the year, but I still enjoy it. And next right. thing you know, it's yeah. on a bunch of different top 10 worst games of the year list. So you're like, wait, what is, <laughs> is my taste trash? What? I think it's like human nature to like dogpile, you know? Yeah. Like in a weird way, when people start, when one person starts bashing, like, you know, it's the herd mentality, mm -hmm. right. Um, where it's like uh, becomes popular and people like to, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just an, exposes a lot of like how we are in our current age on social media and things like that. But a lot of people just really like to bash stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you, you see more people like having a harder time defending things than, than attacking. Yeah. yeah. Ne negativity seems more popular than positivity. Oh, yeah. 
gets more okay. responses out of people. So yes, it, it does. It, it does. It get you know, it gets the it's the clickbait nature of the internet mm-hmm. and of uh, of internet culture. Essentially, sure. you put yeah. that you put this really big hot take title. You get like five minutes of them explaining a quick little promo, and then they finally get into the meat of the of the whatever yeah. topic it is, and then you go into the. Um, essentially, it's kind of like a three act structure if you think about it. Sometimes, right? They have act one, act two, act three, and then finally end the episode or end of the video. You're like, okay, cool, I agree with this, or I was like, no, I'm gonna make even, I'm gonna go on the comment section and yell right. more, Just wage war. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. but uh, Pat, what game? What's the first game that comes to your mind at a game that um, you needed as a kid? So, I'm just gonna hold it up. Oh, you have it this still. One goes back. Okay, and I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain exactly like how my relationship is with this game. <clears throat> but this was one of the first games I ever had. Mm-hmm. Ever. Okay. Be in on this. It's gonna hold up. It's on. Uh, well, it's on NES. Ooh. <laughs> uh, ghosts and goblins the <laughs> Should, do i dare say classic i'll use air quotes classic for ghosts it's and classic goblins. it is okay classic. so this is my original copy um, that's impressive it's still yeah it's it's still in good shape i don't know how i didn't break this thing <laughs> i fling um, it across the room <laughs> on purpose well here's the thing so for those of, the, of you who couldn't see or, or if you're listening, it was Ghosts and Goblins for the NES. Um, again, one of the first games I ever owned. And for anyone who knows about this game or has ever played this game, uh, I feel like I still have like some recovering to do, uh, even in my 30s. Like I, this game destroyed me as a child. And like I was used to, like the first game I ever played was Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, right? Mm-hmm. Ever. And one of the first games that we got after that was this. And it absolutely destroyed me. It's one of the, still one of the hardest games I've ever played in my life. Yes. Um, I've gone back to it numerous times uh, and, and tried to stick with it and get through it. But I just I always lose steam and I, I just can't do it anymore. And I get frustrated and get upset. It is a perfectly well-made game. It is interesting. It was actually, you know, I don't know. It, there's a lot to love about it, but it was so difficult and unfair. And it goes back to that kind of NES challenge, like where you had games that were just almost artificially too hard. And there's yeah. reasons that this game, you know, I, I don't like I'm holding back like I'm spoiling something. This game's been out. <laughs> um, but for those who don't know, I mean, even when you beat this game, if you beat this game, it trolls you. It trolls you. And it takes you back to the beginning and says, nope, that was all. That was all bull. You yep. got to do it all again. And it's going to be one more harder. time. Yep. One more time. And it is just, it is, there's a lot of hard games, right? There are a lot of hard games and challenging games on the NES. The NES had some, it has an amazing library. There's a lot to love on that system. But this game, as much as I appreciate it for what it is, and there's a reason I have a copy. It's just like Donnie. Donnie's got Bubble Bobble. I have this. I've kept it because I, I hate what it did to me when I was a kid. Uh, and it's just kind of like whenever someone asks me like, hey, you know, what's what's the hardest game you've ever played? And I'm always like, yeah, Ghosts and Goblins. That's, That's one the first of them, game yeah. that pops up in my head every time. And now, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's really it. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't forget, the reason why it was so difficult is because this game was was on the arcades first. 
And what arcade games were meant to do were to take your money. Take your quarters, they were yeah. designed to be difficult. They, they were mm -hmm. designed to keep you pumping quarters into them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they kept that level of difficulty whenever they ported it to the NES. A lot of games didn't, but then a lot of games did. Can't yeah. tell you how many times I'm at Chuck E. Cheese and my run out of tokens. I begged my dad for more tokens because we mm. couldn't beat Bebop in uh, the original Ninja Turtles game. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 um that was also still a time where a lot of things were still being like figured out in the home in the home, you know, entertainment market right. like, as far as games were concerned, because when you went to the arcade, like Donnie said, those games were designed to yeah. get money out of you. They always started off easy, right? They always started off easy and then the difficulty would ramp up and it would get unfair. And there are many games on the NES and even on the 16-bit consoles as well that kind of followed that idea where you have this many lives, this many continues, and once right. those are done, you're back to the beginning. And you don't really see that in games today. Even games like, if you look at games that are challenging today, like Elden Ring or Dark Souls, things like that, you know, which I love, I love those games. But while they are extremely difficult, when you die, you just go back to your last save. Yep. Yeah, you lose your souls yeah. and you lose your whatever, but you go back to your last save. If you if you died in that game when you'd put in 60 hours and you went back to the beginning, that'd be a different beast. Yeah. But that, and, and granted, these are different. There's not the kind of production or time investment in these games. But still, when we were kids, it seemed like there was. You'd put a lot of time into a game like, like Ghosts and Goblins or, or the Mega Man games or any other challenging games. And yeah. if you lost your continues... You know, and you lost all your lives. It's back to the beginning. So it was a lot of repetition. You know, yeah. I would, def I would definitely. There would be times where I would be in a good run on, like, say, Sonic Two or Sonic CD, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I would finally get to a certain point, and then I just would lose my last continue, and then next thing I know, it's all the way back to the very beginning of the first stage. Oh. Yeah, and I would just get so mad because I like, I'm already I'm seeding because I should have made that jump or I right. missed it mm -hmm. either or whatever. And next mm -hmm. thing I know, I'm back in the first and literal square one. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, I would turn my game off. I walk away for a bit. Uh huh. So I would rage quit, but I wouldn't rage quit in a way where I'm just like, you know, I'm not violent rage quit. Right. Right. There would be times where like the, the most violent I would get is I'm holding the control and I go, mm. yeah, like just like slam it into my own. Like, like, I yeah. always did. I'm holding onto my control. It was never like the. It was never like the rage. It was always this move. You guys have probably done this. But it's when you just finally go, you put your controller down, you go. <sighs> and you just kind of look up and then you just go, all right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's def yeah. That has definitely happened before. That's definitely yep. happened with Elden Ring. That's happened yep. with uh, Dark Souls. I mean, because yeah, I really, I only just started playing Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Elden Ring mm -hmm. uh, in the, the span of the last, last few years. My brother yeah. got me Dark Souls 3 for Christmas. And he specifically bought for me so we could play together because there's a co-op aspect to it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I love playing co-op with him. That with that and Bloodborne, we have an absolute blast. Bloodborne. Elden Ring, we play together as well. I play with some other friends of mine. We're having an absolute blast. And there are challenging bosses, but not in the way that you know, chuck the controller at. And you're just like, okay, I know I could beat this person. <laughs> just right. But. But yeah, ghosts and goblins. My, my yeah. no, but my my um my exposure to ghosts and goblins was mostly osmosis until I got my uh, Super Nintendo Mini, okay. and I figured oh, let me give it a shot. I'll see what this game is all about. Yo, I couldn't beat level one. Yeah. Now was that ghosts and goblins or super ghouls and ghosts? Oh, super, super ghouls and ghosts. Super. It was super okay. ghouls and ghosts. That one's hard too. That yeah. Was, yeah, they're all. Mm. 
The NES one I think is harder, honestly. Yeah, it could be level like, one. I could be level one on that one. And I'm already I'm like, oh, yeah. Now I know what they're talking about. No, I've I'm never sorry. made it, I've never completed Ghosts and Goblins. I've gotten I've I get to one spot, and I think it's the one spot where if you pick up like there, there's a fireball weapon well placed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And like if you go down this this area and you have to circle back up, that fireball weapon is there. And the fireball would like you cannot progress with the fireball weapon. Yeah, you so have to have certain weapons over. that and it's almost impossible to miss the weapon or to not miss certain weapons that will be detrimental to you. Right. So yeah, that's wasn't that game the spiritual successor to those games, I think were Maximo, right? Yes. And those For games are those Actually, are- Maximo was a little bit. I mean, the last time I played it, which is it's been a long time since I've touched Maximo, yeah. um, but it wasn't terribly difficult. Yeah. Well, compared to these, no. Yeah, yeah, that was no. torture compared to Maximo. They were they were more difficult, I think, than a lot of games in the, in that kind of vein. Um, but if again, if you play games today that are super challenging, like Dark Souls, like Bloodborne and stuff, it's not going to be quite as bad. But I still right. think some of these side-scrolling platformers that were made this that you know from that era are just still ridiculously challenging. Yeah. yeah. I would say I would say like especially Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Elden Ring, they're hard, but they're also fair. Sure. Because they give you a chance. And it all and the whole the game is about learning repetition and like learning the boss patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's a it's a really it's a big bummer when Earlier. you go to grind and then you go back and you still get your ass handed to you no matter what. But same time, it's like okay, learning how the boss moves. Where can I go? What yeah. play style? How can I fight this boss with the play style I'm using? So it's definitely a learning scenario. I would say Elden Ring made it a little bit. I, w- I don't want to say easier, but they definitely made it more palatable be- for people who like uh, long range yeah. weapons. Because in Elden Ring, magic is a lot easier to use than it is in like Dark Souls or Bloodborne early on. Right. Magic gets really good at the end of the game of Dark Souls or Bloodborne. But in Elden Ring, it's pretty good right off the bat. So if you mm-hmm. want to be a magic user, you can. You don't have to like suffer through the whole game. Right. What about you, Ben? Oh, so I don't have my original copy. Okay. Uh, I got rid of this game a long time ago. And this game is very... I, I don't want to say it's special, mm-hmm. but it definitely burned into my memory okay. as, as a game that has burned me twice. Because right. it was the very first game I ever pre-ordered, and it was my okay. very first game that a pre-order disappointed me, and it was Mega Man X7 for the PlayStation 2. Ooh. Ah, okay. Okay. Yes. I think that's fair. I think that's oh, fair. I can as, as a Mega Man X fan, I understand. I was so I had X4, 5, and 6 on my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And I would play those games. I never actually beat those games when I was a kid, but I would just constantly yeah. play them. I would, I would go through those stages. I would try to find all the armor sets. I would mm-hmm. get up to Sigma, get my ass kicked, and call it quits because I couldn't figure right. out how to beat Sigma, Sigma to save my damn life. Mm-hmm. But I loved those games. I loved yeah. the Mega Man games. My favorite Mega Man game growing up was Mega Man 8, but there was a certain snowboarding part and Wily's Castle in Mega Man 8 that I can never get through, no, even to this day, haven't beaten mm-hmm. Mega Man 8 because I can't get past that stupid <laughs> snowboarding level. Yep. Yep. But one day I'm on, I don't know why I just decided to go to the Capcom website. I'm on the Capcom website, and this was like 2000, whenever the game came out. Yeah. And I saw Mega Man X7 coming to PlayStation 2. And I was ecstatic because now it's the first 3D Mega Man X, first one on the PS2. You know, you got voice acting, you got the whole nine yards. I I 
I don't know what chores I did to save up the $50, but mm-hmm. I did it. Begged my parents. My parents agreed. They bought, they put in there because they were like really sketchy about buying games online anyway. And this was right. a pre-order too. So they're like, you know, it's not coming out until this day. I'm like, that's fine. As long as I get it, I just want this game. Yeah. Can you imagine my absolute horror when I put in the game and I realized I couldn't play as Mega Man X right away? <laughs> what is it? What Axel? Is it's Axel, right? Yep. You you first play as Axel, then as Zero. They're like, okay, cool. You Because I will give Mega Man X7 some credit because I do think the swapping characters on the fly is a really cool mechanic. Yeah. It's really neat to do that, especially in X8, because X8, mm-hmm. I'd say they perfected it. And also you can pick to play as X that game. X8's a much better game than 7. Oh, sure. much better. Now, let's just say when I bought X8, I was very cautious, but then when I started playing, I was like, phew, this game's yeah. good. So X7 like- wambruzzles you like Metal Gear Solid 2 does. It does, yeah, actually. Okay. And oh, yeah. X's character in that game is really strange, too. They kind of, it doesn't seem like his character at all. They really cool. did some weird stuff in that game. Well, X was always a pacifist, and like four, five, yeah. and six, they talk about how he is a pacifist, and his pacifism yeah. is what is holding him back from becoming an S threat level hunter like Zero is. Right. But this one, he just turns into a whiny little bitch. Yeah. And you have to rescue 68 because there's a bunch of reploids scattered throughout yeah. the game that you can rescue. You only you have to rescue 68 of these little bastards to yeah. unlock X. And what and here's the part that really pisses me off and really made me super mad as a kid when I finally unlocked mm-hmm. X. You're upgrading because once you save these replays, they can give you upgrades and you could upgrade zero and axle throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Not X. You essentially zero and axle, they're at like level, I don't know, level 25, level whatever. They're pretty high level. X is at level one. His stats suck. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through all yeah, the other levels great. again. Rescue all those little reploids again just yeah. to get even close. And so not just that, but also the controls were absolute garbage. X was slow. Yeah. Zero was slow. I, they're all slow. And the 3D, the 3D was like not well made. The 2D level, the 2D sections were passable at best. But man, there are times where there was like, I, I did beat the game. I can I, like an idiot. I did play that yeah. game. Whole way through, I convinced myself that it was good, even though it was not. Right, and I'm, I'm guilty of that too. I did that with many games when I was younger. Yeah, and just and just playing that game and just playing through that game was it, it was torture. I mean, there's so many videos online bashing Mega Man X7, and I'm kind of glad I don't have my original copy anymore. But I do have the anniversary collection, and I know it's going to be a fun video for YouTube for me to replay that game again. Yeah. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, going going to 3D was never something they should have done with with that series. Like the only time 3D and Mega Man worked is Mega Man Legends. I will die on the hill that Mega Man Legends is the only 3D Mega Man game that works. If they came out now with like a Mega Man X, you know, nine that went back to like the old style, then yeah, sign me up. Right, like just like they did with what was it, Mega Man Nine? Yeah, Mega Man Nine, back to the NES style. That's Mm -hmm. what I would want to do oh yeah but i'm the 3d was i was never a fan of the taking Mega Man x to 3d no every time there was like anything that capcom has any announcement i am still hoping and praying that for some Mega oh yeah Man i would love to I see mean, that i mean we did get bound network which okay i like the bound network games a lot of them are pretty expensive now and they're coming out with all of them on one cartridge so i'm like cool i'll i'll pick that up sweet yeah 
I'm still waiting for that Legends collection, though. <laughs> Capcom, get on your ass. Get on your shit, please. They won't. Well, they no, they're, they're better than they were. They, they're doing a lot better now. But I mean, they haven't really seen anything. I mean, they still have, they're still putting Mega Man. They're saying, we love Mega Man. But it's like, cool, can you give us a new game or Mega Man Legends 3? And they're like, um... And we love Mega Man. No, we're not going to do no. that. No, no, they're not going to do that. But I do have another game that I still have. And it was actually the first Game Boy game I ever owned. And I only got it because of the name. And that's Godzilla. Ah, uh, uh, he's chibi. He's like a chibi Godzilla. Yeah, chibi. You hate that game, huh? Um, I'm curious. Well, I, was, <laughs> I would say I say I think I I'm definitely going the way because Mega Man X Seven. I still hate to this very day. I'm only gonna play it to, to torture myself. Right. But for Godzilla, I will. I'm think I'm more going Donnie's route with him and Bubble Bobble. Okay. Whereas you've made peace. Where I've made peace with this, and it's definitely it's a different game. But when you know when you're a kid and you see a game called Godzilla and for the Game Boy, you're thinking, "Oh, I'm fighting monsters." Right. It's technically you don't think puzzle platformer. Right. No, not at all. No. No, you don't. You don't think puzzle platformer. No. You don't. You don't think that. You don't think anything. You're thinking like straight up. Oh, I'm fighting the other monsters, and you sure. technically do, but. But your main attack is a punch. You're not. It's not Godzilla's famous atomic breath. Isn't it like a boxing glove? It's just a big fist. Isn't it's it like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I remember seeing yeah. that game, and I was like, what in the world were they thinking? They didn't get Godzilla even remotely right until Destroy All Monsters Melee. No, no, no. Everything not before really. that was just like a different genre. It was just so bizarre. Um, there, but I saw well, that one. Yeah, There was a Godzilla game for the Super Nintendo but it was it was still wasn't like a side scroll fighter, yeah. but you would think it was more like right. you're guiding Godzilla through a grid, and mm-hmm. as and once you get Godzilla through said grid, depending on how much energy or health or whatever, then right. you witness him fight X monster, it, be it, it by yeah. yeah, yeah, either be because this one was from the the Showa era Godzilla films, like the early right. films, the sixty films. Right. The, SD, the SNES film was from the Hasty era, which is like the early eight, the eighties and nineties. And I don't know mm-hmm. why Siri decided to turn on or go away. And um, yeah, because Destroy All Monsters Melee, that was great. I never yeah. played it, but I saw friends. I had friends who did have it, and they would tell me how great it is. And it's like, cool. What's this? Is it on? It's on the GameCube. Is it on the PlayStation? No shit. <laughs> nope. The Xbox and GameCube. But yeah, yeah that that original. I never played that. Uh, that chibi one but that was also a thing too a lot of times when we were younger at least um you had to kind of go by box art mm-hmm. a lot to make your gaming decisions especially if you didn't have a gaming magazine or a subscription or anything like that you just go wow this box art makes this game look awesome yeah oh, yeah we well at least at least of course you could look on the back so not only the box yeah. art so when you look at something like bubble bobble you're like oh okay that's cute and cuddly yeah. that might not be for me but then you look at the back you're like Okay, this is what the levels look like. This is what you have to do. All right, maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a, a shot. Yeah. Unlike yeah. the the old school Atari Twenty Six Hundred, where it was like this, it was mm-hmm. movie poster quality box art, and you're like, "Wow, I'm going to be able to control Superman or whatever, Spider Man. Yeah. It's going to look so cool." And it's a blob of colored pixels that really doesn't look anything like Spider Man and doesn't do anything yeah. like Spider Man, and you just realize you wasted all your money. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the case for a lot of Atari games. Yeah, just reality, like Atari games. While I respect them very much, 
there was a there were, it was very limited. You didn't yeah. really have a lot to work with on that thing. Yeah. And, but yeah, they definitely they really promoted those games on that box art. Oh, yeah. Going back and looking at those Atari cases and seeing the artwork on some of those games is hilarious to me. Yeah. See the, and then when you look at the Nintendo, the Nintendo that came out, whenever Nintendo did come out, and they, they said, what you see on the box art is what you get from the game. So there's not right. going to be any deceiving of the consumer. You get to see <laughs> the exact game that you're getting and judge based on that whether you're going to pick it up. And right. then they, they, they did that for the longest time until they started moving away from it because everybody mm -hmm. became familiar with the, the Nintendo entertainment system. They knew right. what they were getting. So you could actually it. take, right. You could take something like the original metal gear, metal gear saw, or yeah, the original metal gear for the NES, the box art on that one looked very, it was very actiony. Um, and, and, and just what's the word I'm looking for? Um, espionage S okay. whatever, yep. uh, even wizards and warriors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It was very fantasy driven. And then, but you knew exactly by that time, you knew exactly what you were getting from an NES game with that. Yes. And then, okay, so this is like the GBA version, but like Xevious, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you, cause this came out that this came out on the NES. You look at the, the box art for Xevious. You're like, yo, I get to fly a ship yeah. and blow stuff up. Like, look how cool this box art is. Yeah, like you have the ship. You have audio listeners. You have the ship. You have um this really cool looking other ship that you blow target up. system. Crosshairs everywhere. And then you, then you look at the back. You got like these simple eight bit. I mean, it still looks like a fun game because it's yeah. a, it's yeah. a shoot 'em up. But still, it's like it's not even close to what the box art is. But once again, at that point in time, especially for when the game originally came out, we knew what the NES is all about. Yeah. Yes. Because I do have to say to Donnie's point, when you got the old uh, black box games, i.e. Mario, Duck Hunt, the original Super Mario Bros, Duck Hunt, Golf, Golf. trying to see what else I have here. Uh, yeah, because I have my Duck, I have my Duck Hunt and um, Mario Bros. <laughs> yeah. You know what they look like right off the bat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then you um, get something like uh, here's one of one of my favorite games that I loved as a kid, but kind of uh, now. It's uh oh, what is it? TNC, TNC surf design, TNC surf design from LJN. Ah, okay, you yeah. get that yeah, that's a great super cover. cool cover, and it's like, whoa, we got like a monkey surf, we got like a gorilla surfing. And you realize got, it's an LJN game. Yeah, <laughs> you realize it's an LJN game, and then you yeah. pop it in, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, and these were these were the original black box NES games. So whenever they came out, it's like, okay, you see this, this is exactly what you're getting. Whenever you look what at the, the game, game you look at the back, it's exactly what you're getting. Ten yard fight, same thing. Football. Yeah. Looks the same, Urban Champion. Mm -hmm. Looks the same all the exactly when you think about it. Oh, it was man, just a good a, way to do it. Donnie, that is a gorgeous copy of uh, that you. black box. That's <laughs> I am that, one of my one of my goals is in collecting is to get the entire black box run, um, five screw hand tabs. However, Ooh. in the past couple of years since COVID and everything, the prices on these games have jumped up tremendously. Something like Ice Climber. Clue Clue Land, five screw hang tab, unpunched. You're easy, easily uh, going to spend something like seven hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks. Uh, that's and that's just uh, my blood. Can't do that. I would just be happy to have a CIB NES game. I don't care if it's Mario Three. <laughs> I don't care if it's Final Fantasy. Yeah. I mean, there, I know a guy who knows a guy, and the last time I saw him, he was selling a CIB Mario Three for like maybe two two fifty three hundred or two hundred two fifty dollars. Yeah. But but still, it's I don't have that much money. I don't have yeah. enough. What's and crazy? Think, it's it's crazy how much they go for. I have a Mario Three Left Brothers. You all seen that? Yes, I have. You know what it is, Donnie? I do know what it is. All right. Do you know what it um, is, man? 
I do not. What do you mean, Mario 3? Sorry, to, side, sorry to sidetrack. I know we do that on this show. Too, so. um, no, that's now, a, On that's Super a, Mario Brothers 3, I have a complete inbox. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3 Left Brothers variant, which is, you have, is that your, do you have a Left Brothers? I do not have a Left Brothers. I have a Right it's, Brothers. This is the challenge set version. All right. So the Brothers is on the right of the, of the box. Uh-huh. So what Pat has... That was the first release now, of Super Mario Brothers. So that is over his hand. So they recalled these and stopped them, and then they released that. But this has all the, it's on the cartridge, it's on the instruction booklet and everything. This they felt that, right. They felt that this design was more cohesive mm -hmm. than what Pat's version was because it interrupted the hand design here. So they yeah. moved it. So, mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. I learned something new today. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, I just I stumbled, stumbled on it. I stumbled onto this <laughs> a few years ago because the only reason I'll tell you, the only reason I have this box is because in high school, right before I graduated or right, right around the time I started college, uh, some guy came into Funko land, uh, where I was working and he had three NES boxes with him. He was trading in some games. They didn't want the boxes and he was going to throw them away. And I said, if you're not going to take those, I'll take them. Kept these in an attic for years. And uh, finally found the box and noticed that it was different from what I was seeing online. And then I I bought a Left Brothers copy and a Left Brothers instruction manual separately to complete it. Very nice. Yeah. So that's paying off a little <laughs> bit now, but we'll see how long that stays. But it is going up in prices. But I treasure this. The only time I ever saw a game that was a misprint game was Final Fantasy <clears throat> VII. And it was only because the back had a word <clears throat> misspelled. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the guy who had it, who was actually a friend of mine at um, that Frankenstein show that I need to take you, both of you, if you ever come out to California, he <laughs> was selling it for like, I don't know, how much was it? It was it was a lot of money. It was like yeah. either 700 or it was up there. I want to say it was $700 because it was a okay. misprint. It's too much. It was a misprint. <laughs> money. Game collecting is so expensive now. God. Yeah. Well, and I had somebody, so I, I had, uh, somebody had asked a question about when did the five screw hang tab or the five screw variants, when did those become uh, so much more expensive than their three screw counterparts? And I, I gave them a little bit of lesson as to, you know, you first, you had your, your sticker seals. Okay. So when Nintendo came out, the NES cartridges came out, they had sticker seals on the top that would seal the game. So if somebody bought a game and didn't really care too much for the game, they could take it back and they would stick another sticker on top of that well they got tired of doing that so then they switched to cellophane so it was a yeah. cellophane wrapper um they still had the hang tab that you could basically unpunch like this and and slide it on one of the hangers yeah um but then mostly they just put the cellophane around it then they stopped with the hang tabs and it was all cellophane so it was all five screw at one point and then nintendo was like well we can save a little bit of money we don't need these five screws let's go ahead and yeah. switch over to three screws so they did that so now you have several different variations of boxes and games, yeah. Some are more rare than others because you just don't see them. Like Mike Tyson's Punch Out Five right. Screw, mm -hmm. extremely rare to see rare. come across. Yeah, but that thing right. goes up in price like you wouldn't believe. I have a complete inbox Mike Tyson's Punch Out, but I don't have the Five Screw. So do I. I. Wish I did. Do you have the letter? I don't think so. That's the one thing okay. I couldn't get. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to find one that comes with that letter. But yeah, I still. 
if it wasn't for being in the retro video game community, like talking to guys like you, listening to podcasts like both of yours, <laughs> a couple of you, nerds like me and Donnie, I'm a I'm a nerd too. You guys know, no, you I know. know. We're just old nerds. Yeah, but just uh, <laughs> I never would have found figured out about the whole five screw three screw thing because I because yeah. when I had most of my NES collection, the NES one I still have today. I just thought when I was a kid, I'm like, cool, I have older video games. I'm just going to slap, slap them into my NES and play them. Yep. I never would have thought about the fu- the whole five screw or three screw three. I would just figure, yeah. oh, is this game fun to play? Am I yeah. enjoying this game? Do I like this game? Yeah. And and I would just go on from and I would just go from there. Yeah. And I that's where you got about this up until we got older. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, me neither. And that's where you have two different types of people. You have the people who like to collect, who like to collect the variations, who will go after every single thing. Like, I need to have every single NES game. I need to have every single SNES game, no matter how bad it is. And they just have all these games sitting on a shelf that they never even play. But then they have other people who, I just want to collect what I know I like. And there is nothing wrong with either one of them. It's just whatever you prefer. Yeah. Yeah. Both or everything. Yeah. Um, Although... I did buy two games when I was in uh, England, just completely out of a whim. And also, thankfully, the Game Boy Advance is also um, not region locked. I got Yoshi's Island and uh, Superstar Soccer. Mario and Luigi, nice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's not region locked, and yeah, that's even better. Yeah, I just got these at a complete whim because I've never because I can play Yoshi's Island on my on my Super Mini now, but now I have like all the Super Mario Advance games for the GBA. So I'm like, cool, I have that. Man. Fun to collect. Yeah. yeah and it also, it's like, crazy. hey, Superstar Saga. I know this is kind of like a bit of a um, a spiritual successor to Super Mario RPG. So I'm like, hey, I'll give this, right. I'll give this game a shot. It was like yeah. 25 pounds. That wasn't that expensive, as even if I converted to American, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Was there? Um, and I'm just curious. I I know we again we we talk about all kinds of stuff, but Donnie, was there another game that you that you hated besides besides Bubble Bubble? Clay Fighter. Clay. <laughs> Ooh. The Actually, there's two. There's two. The Clay Fighter for the Super Nintendo okay. and Primal Rage for the Super Nintendo. Oh, more so, man. Primal Rage for the arcade. I was a Ooh. big fighter person whenever that game came out. So I was yeah. ingrained in Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, um, and even 3. I think Primal Rage came out before Mortal Kombat 3. So it was right there in the Mortal Kombat 2, Super, Super Street Fighter 2 era. Mm-hmm. And Primal Rage hits the seat and i'm like okay dinosaurs all right it's something new let's see let's mm-hmm. see what's going on and i tried playing that game and couldn't figure it out could not do any of the moves couldn't really grasp it and i'm like you know what this game yeah. sucks and pretty soon that game was out of the arcade because nobody was playing it right. and it wasn't until earlier this year i watched a youtube documentary on the people that made it Mm-hmm. and figured out what they did whenever they made it. They made it completely different. They changed up everything that you knew about a fighter, yep. about pressing the button, like pressing the, the, the D-pad. Or the mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, so you would press the button of the joystick and then the button, and that would do the move. Yeah, Primal Rage did it differently. You would have to press these buttons, the, the actual buttons down, mm-hmm. hold them, then do the joystick move. That was completely different than what we knew. So I once I learned that, mind was blown. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, I should probably go back and try to play that game again. Not really dying to, but maybe <laughs> knowing this, it would change my aspect or opinion of this game. But that was something very, very risky to do back then when everybody was so used to doing Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat, and even what was risky with Mortal Kombat whenever Mortal Kombat 3 came out is they introduced another button, a run button. 
And you're right. like, whoa, another button I got to worry about. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but you have a game that comes out that completely changes up the mechanics for everybody. And right. just for me, it didn't work. And I know for a lot of people, it also didn't work. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting because I I remember Primal Rage very vividly. Um, I actually had it on the Super Nintendo. And I think I still have – actually, I have a CIB copy of that. Ooh, there you go. I think I got it on Genesis too. Nice. But, but – well, the reason is because Mortal Kombat, it's like you were talking about Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat was such a big deal. Again, we look back, when we look back at how old we were, our age range, when certain things happened in mm-hmm. the game industry, I was, I want to say, when the first Mortal Kombat came out, I was like eight, maybe, eight, seven or eight years old. So to me, it was like, whoa, cool, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Primal Rage came out, I was like 10, maybe 11. Right. Dinosaurs, yay! Yeah, dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, you can. But, and to be fair, what you're saying is absolutely true. When I first got the game, I didn't understand how to do any of the moves or the fatalities or anything. But it was so different than Mortal Kombat. It, but it was it was that blood and guts and gore thing. But it yes. was. I liked the story. How each each of them is a god that's part mm-hmm. of the new continent. And uh, you know, like you've got Diablo, the evil Tyrannosaurus Rex. You've got Sauron, the good one. You've got Blizzard, who is the the giant gorilla in in the Antarctic, and they all have their own continent. Vertigo, whatever. But there was one that stood out to me. Do you remember Chaos? I do remember Chaos. Do you remember what Chaos would do? I don't remember any specific thing from... Do you know, Ben? Are you familiar with Primal Rage? I do not. So as a kid, you understand why this stuck with me, because as a kid, we were... This was the 90s. So the humor... Around the mid '90s was was a lot of gross out humor and a lot of that kind yeah. of thing. There, chaos, oh, chaos was like a gross, fart. Was yeah, it? he would fart and belch. He would fart. One of his fatalities, he pees on you and it burns you to. to <laughs> and there, he literally does. He pees on you and then you. It's like acid. It burns you. Um, he also would. Yeah, he would do a cartwheel and fart. And the cl- fart cloud would come at you, and yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and another cool thing they did—if you wanted to get your health back, ever on the ground there are people that are worshippers yes. of yep. you. You could pick them up and eat them, and you get some of your health back. And they're worshiping you, and you just go okay, and you just eat them, and you get some health back. That had a lot of cool things that it did, but like Donnie said, if you didn't put in, like if you didn't know or or go to find out, if you just went to the arcade. And the arcade port of that game looks beautiful, I will say. Yes. Because um, they use like stop motion, like clay, or not clay, but like models to make yep. uh, the dinosaurs. They look great. It looks great in arcades. But uh, yeah, you had to like hold down buttons and move the directional pad, which was so different than any fighting game. Because you play Street Fighter, you play Mortal Kombat. It's all about pressing the directions and then pressing your button. But this was the opposite. But nobody knew that. Your right. first instinct is to grab the joystick and the, and the buttons and you know, button mash, do your combinations. You're not thinking, hold this and then move this way or, you know, do these different combinations. Fatalities were the same way. You'd have to hold down buttons and then move a bunch of different directions. Then the fatality would happen. So I could see why, absolutely why you felt that way. And the game did have its flaws um, as well. But I remember it fondly because I was at that age range when all of us were like, uh, you know, this monkey will pee on this dinosaur. And right. <laughs> you know, we thought that was great. So yeah. that's an interesting answer actually to hear because, you know, from your experience with it. Yeah. Well, and things might be different nowadays because we have the internet. We, we didn't have that back then. So yeah. Yeah. the game comes out in the arcades, you're, you're going there spending a lot of money and spending a lot of time watching other people 
doing the inputs right. themselves and yeah. trying to say like, okay, he did this and that does that. Okay. He did this. He did, he did that. Or you're waiting for the next month for it to be covered in an EGM or a game pro if they did. And then trying to take that like, Oh, you got your EGM rolled up in your back pocket. You're taking that to the arcade. You're uh -huh. reading it and then you're trying to do that. Yeah. That's one thing. But yeah. with, with, the availability of the internet and how popular popular it is now, you have a wealth of information on your phone oh, yeah. right here that you can just go to the arcade, click, 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 click. Okay, I can do this. Bam, bam. Now everybody's a genius or a wizard at video games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, if you if Ben, if you're interested in playing it, play the the MAME of it, you know, the main version of the arcade game. It's it's actually not bad. Yeah, but. I've never really I've seen Primal Rage at a few arcades here and there, but I never actually went up to play them because mm -hmm. I mean, Primal Rage is one of those games that I, I, I saw, but it never grabbed me as a kid. Not like Street Fighter did. Street Fighter grabbed me because that's that was definitely familiar. Because uh, mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine who lived me next door. She had like two SNES carts. One of them was Super Mario World. The other was Street Fighter 2. So yeah. I knew I just knew Street Fighter by not by proxy, but because it was familiar to me. Yeah. But speaking of other fighting games that um, and also back in the 90s. There was this one fighting game I remember I rented, and I instantly had renter's remorse, and I just <laughs> didn't. I never rented it again. I never saw it again. What's up? Is it Rise of the Robots? It's not. It's actually okay. Star Wars: Master of Terrace Kasai. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a great game, Ben. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was for the PlayStation, right? You have a copy yeah. of that. No, I never. I only rented this game. I rented this game from Blockbuster because I saw Star Wars and I saw Luke on the cover with his green mm -hmm. lightsaber. And then when I saw the back of it, it was like, "Oh, it's a fighting game." I thought, yeah. "Oh, Star Wars fighting game, hell yeah!" Deception. I, oh, deception Deception's indeed. I can't. <laughs> and also, my brother and I were also kind of freaked out because this was at the time of Blockbuster. Because before Blockbuster, they would include the instruction manual with the game. Yeah, they stopped so doing that. At least, at, at least at my blockbuster, they never did that because you know people would steal the well, instruction manuals. They, they There's did. a story behind that. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say they usually did, but people would just keep them. Yeah. 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 Mine never. Mine. Every time we rented a game, we just have to figure it out and pray that there was a tutorial. This one, we brought it home and it had the instruction manual. It was beat up to high heaven, but it was readable, and mm -hmm. we were like, "Whoa." Did we read it? No, of course we didn't. We just <laughs> plugged it in the PlayStation and we started playing. And right. I think I was Luke Skywalker. My brother was Han Solo. And we we're just mashing buttons. And I'm like, yeah, where's Luke's lightsaber? How do I fight? What's uh -huh. going on? It was so like we couldn't figure it out. And then we finally figured out how to bring the lightsaber out. And we're like, oh, OK, cool. But then we realized how bad the game was because you can. There was this one combo that a buddy of mine did to me. And it infuriated me that I stopped playing the game for the rest of the weekend <laughs> was if you're Luke Skywalker and you knock someone down, you just have to time it perfectly. You swing your lightsaber. They get knocked down again and they just stay there. And it's just a rinse and re repeat you to death. Yeah. Ooh. Essentially, they'll just either kick you to death or just lightsaber you to death. Right. And you can't get up and you can't move with other right. fighting games. You could like like was say soul caliber you can at least move around your opponent or you can like move further away or it'll stop you from you know yeah. essentially spamming that move so they can get up and have a fighting chance not this one you're just <laughs> no matter yeah. how hard and i was yelling at my friend that's to stop broken doing that fight and yeah. get a fighting chance he was just yeah. like 
no, I'm just going to keep doing this yeah. for the end of the rest of the game. Yeah, broken. <laughs> just broken. Yeah, completely yeah. broken. Never rented it, never saw it again. Every time I see a copy of it, I just go, <laughs> and I run away. Oh, I got a copy of it right here. Can I see you make that face? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will ask this. I'm curious, I guess. Um, is there a particular... Because again, I, Ghosts and Goblins is the one that came to my head, and I was thinking about other games that I hated, but I actually gravitated more towards genres that I hate. Do you guys have a genre of gaming that you just, that, whether it's popular or not, or maybe it is super popular, that you just don't like or you actually legitimately hate? Ooh, I'm I, I don't like real time strategy, and I don't like games like The Sims. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. And I don't well, like. <laughs> Because so when the Sims came out, I, I played it and I was like, wait a minute, I do this shit on a daily basis. Why do I want to do this in a video game where I can't like I, I have no time. <laughs> like this I live. Guy, right. This I guy goes to work. Basis. He comes home. Next thing you know, like time's moving so fast. And you're right. like, OK, you got to keep him happy. You got to make him do something. You got to you got to make him eat and you got to make him go to sleep. And you're, I'm like, no, that. This is too that hits too close to home. I I, I can't do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I would hate like simulator type games. Yeah. I do. And real time strategy. Mm -hmm. What is it about real time strategy you don't like? Uh, they make me feel dumb. Because um, <laughs> most of the time it's war simulations. And I'm just like, okay, well, if I do this, I do this, I do this over here. And the next thing you know, I'm just getting overrun in this other position I didn't even think about. And it's just the yeah. game's over. I'm like, eh, no thanks. Fair enough. How about you, Ben? Uh, well, definitely have to agree with Donnie on The Sims. Because, um, really? I tried Sims busting out on the PS2. My brother was having a blast <laughs> with it. He loved it. Sure. I just couldn't really get with it. Um, I tried it, and I, yeah, I'm just like, just like Donnie. It's like, why do I have to? I just want to do stuff. It's like, no, you got to keep your sim happy. You have to keep your, make your sim do X, Y, and Z. It's like, this isn't fun for me. See, I think it's more fun if you go into it trying to ruin your Sims or other Sims' lives. I didn't think about I that. I used to take my Sim to other people's houses and ruin their marriages. Whoa. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's where it gets fun, right? I think I do remember my brother putting all the Sims in the pool and removing the ladders so they all drive. Well, have you seen – I don't mean to call this out, but there's a guy on YouTube named Call Me Kevin. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have but, not. He, his whole thing, the reason that he like kind of got popular is that he created a character named Jim Pickens in The Sims 4 who became a cult leader. And he would kidnap people and keep them in the basement and make them paint pictures of him. And he oh. turned it into a business. And then it, it just got crazier from there. And then Jim Pickens' personality started to become evil and maniacal. And he would go on his own to other people's houses and flirt with their wives. And then he would recruit them into his cult. Wow. <laughs> like that's when I'm thinking like, oh, I don't want to live mundane and come home from the job and then, you know, put out the fire in the kitchen. Let the fire go and then just go somewhere else. Just live chaotically. I think that's what's fun about the thing. But that's the only way I would play it. All right. I think you definitely have to have a certain mindset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's why you have no Because for me, when, okay, so yeah. I will also say another genre of game that kind of, I don't want to say scares me, but it's definitely yeah. a genre that I probably wouldn't like is a free roaming sandbox game where mm. you can do whatever you want. The biggest example being Minecraft. Now I'm not saying yeah. Minecraft is a bad game. Completely, no. Definitely not. It, I mean, so many people, so many creative people have done so many great things in the game. 
Yeah. It's just for someone like me, I like sandbox games, but I like having a purpose to be in yeah, said yeah. sandbox. Like um, Breath of the yeah. Wild. Yes. Grand open world, but the main objective is to go beat Ganon in Hyrule Castle. Sure. But to beat him, you have to explore, get better, get trained, you know, do stuff like that. Whereas for me, I was like all for exploring. I was all for going over that hill, seeing what's on the other horizon. But if you were to put me in Minecraft and say go, I would freeze up. I wouldn't know what to do. Sure. Yeah, I actually was yeah. going to say, I was going to mention that the genre that just doesn't click for me, and I like almost everything, the genre that doesn't click for me is crafting games and like yeah. games like that. And again, Minecraft is a great game. I've played it before, but it never really clicked for me. I don't like having games where my objective is to go to go find a, a rock to pick and collect six of them and create a thing and create a helmet. I just don't want to do all that. Like, I feel like a lot of what I like in a game is gameplay and, and uh, polish in certain other areas where those games seem to lack a lot because they're so mm -hmm. focused on making everything so big and so expansive to where it's aimless in a way. Yeah. With the exception of a few games, I will say that most crafting games I've ever played, I have not either not stuck with or did it because my friends were playing it. Um, the only game that has those elements, which is also survival games, like not survival horror, yeah. but like survival games where you have to eat food and drink water and things like that. Yeah. Sleep. I don't like most of those with the exception of like maybe two games, one of them being The Forest and the other one being Subnautica. Um, Subnautica is one of the most phenomenal games I've ever played in my life. I've and heard great things about Subnautica. It, it is unreal. But you also do have kind of a mystery and an objective. And if you are interested at all, or if you're terrified of the open ocean, it's great. Like me. <laughs> um, yeah. so it is, but it is, it's wonderful, but it also has a lot of elements that are around that, that make it better for me. But a lot of my friends play games where their objective is just to go in and just find stuff and build things. And I think, like those are the kids, like when you're a kid, if you're into like, if most of your time was spent building things and making forts and playing with Legos and things like that, which I also did. But if like, that's what you like to do, these games are a godsend to you. Yeah. Because you can go and do all that stuff. You can build and all this. So I get it. I understand. But that was never really where I found my joy in video games. So I don't really, it just doesn't click for me. Yeah. yeah. For me, my joy in video games, especially for Grant. And even there are times where like Grand Theft Auto Five. There yeah. are times where all the stuff I'm able to do in that game overwhelms me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like I can yeah. do all this. Like, obviously, you can do so many things with the GTA series, especially sure. from uh, from three forward. Yeah. And it's like it's insane because there were be there times where I would come home. There was actually a point in time where I hated Grand Theft Auto because mm -hmm. all my brother would do was just go around, cause havoc, put in the cheat codes, cause more havoc. Yeah. get get killed and then just respawn and do the whole thing over again and i'm just yeah. bored because i'm watching him do this over and over and over and i'm <laughs> like hey can we i don't know advance the story i want to see what's going on i want to yeah. know next so yeah and i get that and there are some people that hate hate story my my co-host jay um who's on the majority of my episodes and not to call him out but he doesn't give a shit about story he does not care like and he likes a lot of crafting games um, a lot as well. But when it comes to story in a game, he's the one that he will skip cutscenes every single time. First time oh. through, he doesn't care. However, he's played games like Final Fantasy VII where he really loved the story. 
and things like that. But for the majority now, he just like, oh, this is bullshit. I don't want to see it. He'll just skip the cutscenes. He just, he wants to play the game. He doesn't care about the story. And granted, I think there's a balance there. I don't want to sit there and watch a movie. Like, I don't want to see cutscenes that are super, super long all the time. Right. Donnie and I just talked about this on the Kojima. I guess Kojima. <laughs> um, but I, I understand, like, in his side, he really just, he'll get to the end of the game and be like, well, that sucked. And I'm like, well, this is a story based game. Did you not? Oh, I didn't watch any of that. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe that's why you didn't like it as much as I did. Cause I will, if right. I get invested in a story, it's like the last of us or something like that. I love the last of us. I think the last yeah, of us. Me too. Mm-hmm. He played it. I got him to play it. I think he enjoyed it a little bit, but I was like, what do you think of the story? And he was like, eh. and I'm like, I know why you're saying that. Cause you're not watching any of the cutscenes. Like you're either leaving the room or you're cutting them off. Like, I think he just doesn't, he doesn't, maybe he's one convinced himself that maybe games can't have really great stories in some ways, but I don't oh, really know. Man. But I think well, some people are kind of like that. I think they just want to play and won't really care. Right. Pat, whatever you do, don't give him Kingdom Hearts. Oh, he he's mentioned, I wonder if he's mentioned that he wanted to play those. That I is like the most, don't. Yeah. <laughs> if he hates story and he doesn't want, he's going to get to like Kingdom Hearts. He's going to get to one of the, the, we call it a side game, but it's really not a side game because even the not numbered entries have pivotal story points that culminate right. at Kingdom Hearts 3. He's If he keeps skipping those cutscenes, he's not going to understand what the heck is going on. Yeah. No, I I should do that anyway, just to see what just to see what his reaction is. That'd be kind of funny. Anyway, that was just my question. I was just curious about genres. Uh, yeah, um, like it's weird. I I say I don't like sim like stuff like The Sims. I'm not a big fan of, mm-hmm. but I enjoy a game like Animal Crossing. But I'll only play Animal Crossing yeah, sure. to a certain point, and then mm-hmm. once I'm done with it, I'm not going to touch it. And now, since yeah. Animal Crossing constantly has a ticking clock and constantly reminds you when the last time you logged in was. I'm kind of scared to go back because I know all my villagers are going to give me sass. They're going to be like, hey, it's been three years since we last saw you. I'm like, oh, no. We already had a funeral for you. It's weird to see you. We declared you legally dead. What are you doing? Yeah, like we, someone moved into your house. I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's good yeah, so we're, uh, we're running up a bit on time. So um, any other games... Off the top of your head, honorable, you, honorable mentions, maybe, or so, or something. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Like, what, what's a game that? Okay, here's here's a good question. What's a bat? What's a game that you know you do not like, but you kind of want in your collection anyway? Because I have a game that I mm. know because I have played before. I do not like it, but I want it just because, for just uh, just for reasons, and that's Pac-Man for the twenty six hundred. Yeah, I don't. I think yeah. any games that like I didn't like or didn't. Or, or knew were bad um, or were famously bad. I've already got, I think I just to kind of have like Superman 64 mm-hmm. um, Superman 64 was another game that I can tell you straight up. Now that I'm thinking about it, I, I, I hated, um, I rented it from blockbuster and uh, brought it home and was super, super excited. Pun intended um, to be Superman. And it, disappointed me so bad <laughs> like so many uh, other people yeah it was just I, I was like what is this like when do i get to just fly around to superman and punch bad guys that's all i wanted to do and you fly through rings for the majority of the game and people mean that a lot but it's true you really just fly through rings and then you have time limits and you don't really feel like you're being superman at all um yeah. but i do have a copy of that game that i bought like a year ago because i was like ah i gotta have this like 
I got those memories are there, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's a it's it's so bad, and it, there's a there's a story behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, yeah, I, I wanted to have that as well, so I get it. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Donnie? There's not a single game that I can think of off the top of my head um, mm-hmm. that I hate. Bubble two. Well, I've never played Bubble Bubble Two, so I can't get it. I played Little Samson. That, that that's actually a great game. Um, okay. So I, I would love to have that copy in my collection, but at the price range that it uh, that it warrants, there's nah. I, I I don't really want to spend that type of money. Fair enough. No, God no. Yeah. No. That game's going for what a couple thousand dollars now more. Yeah, and I. I mean, I, I, I'm a collector, but I think, and you know, I can even afford some of this stuff, but I don't want to spend over a thousand dollars for a video game just to, for me to, to look at it every once in a while, to, to maybe play it every once in a while when I can just fire it up on the emulator whenever I want. But Mm -hmm. mm, no, it's too much. With the Atari 26 pack, I don't plan on buying a 2600 or playing it because I do have a copy of ET in my uh, drawer back here. I I just, I just have that because it's like, to me, that's history. I want that history reasons. Whereas for Pac-Man, yeah. I want for history reasons as well, but also just because of how, just because of how bad that game is. Now yeah, it will, was a horrible port, and so was Donkey yeah. Kong. Yeah, I will die on the hill yeah. that I will say that Pac-Man is the worst game of twenty six hundred, not ET. I don't think ET is as bad as people think it is. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good, but it's it's, it's, it's plenty of right. once you read the once you read the instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's well, not the yeah. worst game ever made. That's that's not. Now, I would say I would definitely say the Pac-Man port is the worst game of the 2600 just because mostly <laughs> because when you're a kid, I would say now I wasn't alive in the 80s. I was born in 90. But if you said if you heard that, hey, they're bringing Pac-Man to the 2600, your brain is thinking whatever I oh. see in the arcade is what I'm going to see on my television screen. Oh, we all thought that. That's yeah. the dream. But of course, you plug that sucker in. Yeah. No, it is not. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I played that at a convention once and I was like, no, this is horrible. This is actually bad. We had a lot of, one of the first games game. I played on the 2600. Yeah, there were a lot of bait and switch games, like, or at least I felt that way when we were kids. Like, uh, I played the Simpsons arcade game when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had it at a Bud Ruckers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they had that, but they did. And I uh, played it and loved it. And then I went to Blockbuster and rented Bart versus the Space Mutants oh, on no. NES. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be similar to that because all I could see was the cover of the cartridge. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't know anything else or the cover. Of the box. And I was like, oh, this is going to be something like it. Maybe. Oh, no, nope. that game is brutally hard and really wasn't a fan of it at all. <laughs> kind of like so, Ghosts and Goblins. Kind of like Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> actually, yep, same kind of thing. Actually, I thought I bought a game uh, a few months ago that I thought was going to be improvement to the GBA re- to the GBA one. And it turns out it's not. And that's Backyard Baseball. Backyard baseball for Nintendo DS. Also, kind of pisses me off because on the GBA version, there's at least one baseball player that represents all three uh, MLB teams. <laughs> Not on that one, and that one even look, and that one's on the DS. It's like, yeah, it's a little political and blocky, but sure. yikes. Yeah, a lot of the ports of games on other consoles are sometimes handled by like different developers too, and I never yeah. had that yeah. for a long time. I mean, GBA yeah. one is still. GBA one's a solid port. I mean, you get what you get. It's a portable backyard baseball game yeah. compared to the PC one. PC one's always going to be the better version, but at the same time, it's like it's still not that bad. It's still right. pretty damn good. But then you got I got the DS one. I'm like, oh hey, better graphics going to be better. There's going to be more of this. Okay, cool. I started playing. I'm like, 
wow, this is raw. <laughs> did they finish this? Yeah. Yeah, I thought about it. I was like, is it, what did they do to this game? That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me oh, sure. about talking about games Absolutely. that we just do not like. Now, Donnie, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, on the internet. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Donnie G Retro. Uh, also, if you want to take a listen to our podcast, it's Gamers Week Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Gamers Week PC. Which you totally should do, by the way. Mm-hmm. Please do. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, what about you, bud? Oh, yeah, we're... Uh... Uh, Retro Blast podcast. You can search for that if you'd like to listen to the show. We're on most platforms. Um, Twitter, Retro Blast US. Uh, we're pretty active there. That's where we're most active. We do have an Instagram. Feel free to follow us there. But for the most part, we, we're pretty interact, interactive on Twitter. And, and that's probably where you'll find us. And you guys did an episode on Metal Gear together, didn't you? We did. We did. It was Metal Gear Solid, right? Not the original mm-hmm. Metal Gear? Correct. Not the original. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation. Uh, yeah, I, we had a we had a we had a good talk. That was a that was a good time. Nice. All right, Talking so yeah, def- twelve hour long cutscenes. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> Damn it, Kojima. Damn it. Yeah. So, anyways, definitely go check out that. Go check out Retro Blast podcast. Check out Gamers Week. Uh, bleh, Gamers Week podcast. I've been talking a lot today. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. no and of course, you can find me on the internet at Ben Magnet Twenty Seven Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com, as well as uh, co-hosting the Mothership Show, Fickner Podcast. Anyways, gentlemen, thank you again so much for joining me today. It was been a blast. We got to definitely do this again and talk a little bit more. Well, man. It's always a pleasure. pleasure. All right. So anyways, with that, once again, go follow these awesome guys and unpause. <laughs>